This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome, everybody, to episode 17 of the Animaniacast. Welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are a podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. Each and every episode we revisit... Uh, an episode of the series in which it was released, discussing the cultural references and gags. We share our memories of what it was like to see the episode originally and what we think about it right now. Joining me once again, as always, is my brother, Nathan. Oh, uh, I'm not ready. Uh, yeah, I know, Nathan. Oh, I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and all the way over in Georgia is Kelly. Hello. Hello. Hi. Well, Nathan's Nathan. Are you ready, Nathan? Now? I am ready. He's. he's I was he's, kidding. I'm all ready. He's all ready. He's all right. He's he's frantically finishing up the notes that I should have finished up on the show notes. But They're now we're done. good. I just started and finished. Oh, good. It's a one word note. <laughs> well, today <laughs> we're going to be talking about episode 17 of the Animaniacs, which uh, was entitled "Roll Over Beethoven." And the cat and the fiddle. And Nathan, when did this episode originally premiere? Joey, this episode premiered on October 5th, 1993. Cool. Right? We're actually kind of almost synced up right now. Yeah, we're temporarily with the show, how it was originally released. Yeah, uh, next week might be. No, uh, no like this is about as close as we yeah, can get, right? Roughly, yeah. This is about as roughly as we're. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll so, check it out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so this is, has two really cool segments on it. Uh, one of which, uh, shows the Animaniacs doing some stuff with another historical figure and Rita and Runt return as well. Um, Nathan, what do you think? In a few words, what do you think about this episode? Uh, I, uh, watched it and I enjoyed it uh, well enough, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Kelly, what did you think? It, it wasn't my favorite, but um, it was okay. It was. It had some funny moments. Yeah, I have. Um, I've seen this episode now quite a few times because, uh, and I, it took me a while to actually get into it for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, it's so it doesn't really stand out as one of the best ones for me. But uh, the more I watched it, I was you know, I I enjoyed it more and more. The you know, you know, the more I got used to it. So. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, let's start off with one of the segments that uh, is kind of like the mini segments, I guess you could say, that was introduced on this episode, which was good idea, bad idea. Oh, yeah. Yay. Uh, this right here is uh, very similar to uh, mime time, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> uh, you have Tom Bodette, once again, 
doing introductions to the segment and doing the voiceover. And then you have this character who, who doesn't, doesn't speak. Talk. Yeah, no <laughs> talking. And-, <laughs> and then something horrible happens to this uh, character. <laughs> um, in this case, however, Mr. Skullhead, who I think, I want to say originally came, I, 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 you know, listeners, um, somebody out there knows this and possibly Kelly, you might know as well. Do you, did Mr. Skullhead come from Elmira from Tiny Toons? I seem to remember her drawing Skullhead. And that seems familiar, and, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I, I just remember like this the and I think later in the series they, they actually sing It's the Mr. Skullhead show starring him, Mr. Skullhead. And I I I really remember Elmira singing that first in like an episode of Tiny Toons, like her you know what? Now that I'm, the more I'm talking about, the more it's coming to me. Like I remember oh, okay. her drawing Skullhead, and it was like um, I want to say just very basic line art. Like she would draw him like on a piece of paper, and then he would start moving. Nathan's looking it up. Mister Skullhead, Tiny Toon Adventures. Mm-hmm. Is I it- see a picture of him. <laughs> he, we're we're doing on the site googling, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is very exciting for audio listening. <laughs> what do you find, Nathan? Um, it was designed by Sherry Stoner. Cool. <laughs> uh, he appears in sketches in the episodes Take Elmira, Please, Grandma's Dead, and Weekday Afternoon Live. So that's on uh, Tiny Toons. There we go. So I was so, right. I was right. Uh, he would later become a recurring character on the Animaniacs. There we go. So I'm glad that somewhere in the recesses of my brain, he was in there. So Mr. Skullhead came from Tiny Toon Adventures, um, and in this particular cartoon, we have two segments with him. The first one is a, a good idea, bad idea of, good idea is playing a piccolo in the marching band. Yeah, I did that. And sure. uh, the bad idea, of, of course, is playing a piano in the marching band. Uh, that was yeah. a, a cute little segment with, of course, Skullhead falling over. Um, what was with the crowd? Did you guys notice the weird crowd in the background? No. They all look very, they look like, um, they all look very similar. I've again, I've seen this cartoon now four, four or five times <laughs> in, in preparation, uh, both by, for myself and then showing it at my school to see if kids pay attention to it. Uh, and the crowd kind of stood out to me as kind of weird looking. They, uh, they kind of look like people watching, People standing uh, for John F. Kennedy's uh, f- uh, funeral procession, actually, oh. was the thing that came to mind, which was very odd. Well, he's a skullhead. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. So, anyway, Nathan's skipping forward to it. But uh, the second segment of Good Idea, Bad Idea was <laughs> a little sick and twisted, I guess you could say. Yeah. The good idea was feeding kittens in the park, and the bad idea was... Or feed, it was, good idea was feeding stray kittens in the park. The bad idea was feeding stray kittens in the park to a bear. <laughs> and then the bear attacks Mr. Skullhead. Uh, and of course the, the kitten right there is a quick reference was, uh, Pussyfoot once again, 
uh, from our previous episode. Nathan, you have the crowd right in front of you. What do you think? Yeah, they're all just uh, standing completely still. So <laughs> they look weird. Even their balloons are completely motionless. <laughs> so I, I kind of have a sick t- sense of humor. I, I particularly, I did not remember the feeding kittens to a, a bear <laughs> the joke, uh, which did make me chuckle because it was so weird. Yeah. And it was not what I was expecting. <laughs> no. I was expecting the kittens to attack him or something. Yeah, or he's feeding them like something that they can't eat. They should not like eat. a pizza or something. Yes, but instead he was feeding them to something else. Yeah. Um, Kelly, what do you what do you guys think about uh, good idea, bad idea segments, and particularly maybe these two? I think they're kind of uh, they're generally pretty funny, and you know they're just quick and easy to to laugh at. Yeah, they're great filler material. Nathan. Yeah, I, yeah. They're probably like my favorite filler material, actually. Yeah, of of the of the different segments. Of course, yeah. and of course, we had that poll, I believe, right? Yeah. Which good idea, bad idea? I believe I one. Believe one, yeah. yeah. So everyone loves it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> everyone. It is officially the best one. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, so good idea, bad idea. It's a good idea to have those segments in our thing. So anyway. Let's go ahead and go right over to our first segment. Rollover Beethoven. Uh, Rollover Beethoven was written by Paul Rugg, and it was directed by Michael Gerard. Um, it was also uh, Paul Rugg's first episode writing for the Animaniacs. Woohoo! I actually decided to just reach out to Paul Rugg online and just see if he'd respond. And lucky for us, everybody, he actually did. All right. So I um, I asked him online. I said, hi, Mr. Rugg, blah, blah, blah. I uh, heard this is your first episode. You shouldn't have said blah, blah, blah. I really him. shouldn't have, but I'm just not <laughs> a very good typer. Um, but uh, he said, Joey, it's actually my first script for the show. He had not been hired yet when he wrote it. It was his tryout script, and he thought he'd hand it in and move on. But about two hours after handing it in, uh, they called him in and they offered him a job on Animaniacs. Uh, apparently, John McCann uh, had the same thing happen. Uh, his first script was Dracula, Dracula, and he said the Be- uh, he said the Beethoven script was hard because he had never written for animation and it took him ages to figure out the camera angles and the scene direction because back then the writers were expected to include that and it was a real puzzler and uh, mm. so in, in other words you know he this is something that storyboard artists do today mm-hmm. you know you write the script the basic script and then the storyboard artist goes and figures out the you know where the camera is going to be this yeah. is something that they they were expected to do as a wow. as an animation writer. So so let's see here. Then he says, I said, do storyboard artists do a lot of that these days? And he goes, yes. And they did a lot of it then too. But the idea, a good idea, by the way, was that if the writer could at least see all that in their heads, the better the script was and the better the gags could be. A writer knew what they, uh, I'm sorry, a writer knew that what they had written down was doable. And if you couldn't explain a gag and visualize it, chances are it wasn't worth it. Also, calling the camera angles allowed the writer to include that in the comedy. 
For example, we don't see what Yakko has been doing until a certain point. Mm, okay. So he's kind of so it, it was a good exercise, I guess, for you know for him as a as a writer. So it's pretty cool to do. All right. So there we go. So we appreciate Paul Rugg uh, reaching out to us. And or, we got an or exclusive. Not reaching out to us, answering my reach out to him, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Rugg. And uh, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to try to get one of these days a uh, hammer down a, an interview time with uh, with Mr. Rugg as well. Because that, yeah. be, that would be real. Speaking of exclusives. Oh, yeah. We have some, I'm sure we have some questions that we'd all like to, to ask him someday so anyway very good thank you very much mr rug kelly uh what uh what you could you basically tell us about what happens in roll over beethoven well uh beethoven is trying to follow up his fourth symphony which as we know will become his fifth symphony (laughs) and the animaniacs are chimney sweeps and they're in vienna austria and they come into his house and annoy him and they um ask him what he's up to and and we watch him play the piano and he's so irritated and cranky and he just wants to finish his uh his symphony and then they start humming things and distracting him and uh it's it's one of those pretty typical uh episodes where the animaniacs meet a historical figure and they ultimately help them go on to uh accomplish great things by virtue of them them being there and bothering the person. Yes. So, uh, what do you think, Nathan? Uh, do you like this episode? Like this segment? Yeah, the segment is it's fun. Uh, we get some of those classic uh, pianist jokes again, <laughs> like we've heard it before. Animaniacs. <laughs> I actually never heard the pianist joke before. Before Ever? Animaniacs. Oh, okay. Think. I was like, I mean, we literally heard it like. Three episodes ago. No, <laughs> that was that was that was when when well um in the episode where they see the concert of a pianist. Oh yeah, they make the pianist oh. joke in that. So well, that's true. Oh well, it's better in this one, I think. I don't know. <laughs> they they definitely stick your nose into it in this one. <laughs> definitely, <but. laughs> it's it's over and over again. Kelly, what did you think about this? I liked it. I like I said earlier, it wasn't one of my all time favorite episodes, but it. You know, I I really do like the ones where they meet historical figures. None of them stand up to to hook down a ceiling though um, with Michelangelo. Oh. But I I think it's a it's a great way to introduce. You know, when kids were watching these, if they didn't know who any of these people were, they you know it establishes a setting, um, kind of you know what the person was known for, their names. And usually, when I would see stuff like that when I was a kid, when I go to school and hear about it in school, it would trigger the memory like oh I, I saw that well you know like in, in young Indiana Jones Chronicles or exactly. I learned about that mm-hmm. somewhere else and and it, it kind of helps you absorb the material a little bit more it, it, it establishes a framework and and you could be like oh I, I saw this somewhere else and it was actually kind of interesting so now I want to learn more about the the real person or, or the real event and so I'm I'm always in support of anything that uh uh, encourages kids or adults to to learn more about you know history and and you know 
major events and, and people and places. So I, I, I liked it and it was entertaining and it, it did have some funny jokes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and not only to Beethoven, but just to music in general. I, mm. I think this particular cartoon tried to, tried to talk about what a composer does. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Yakko, of course, is making fun of Beethoven in the back, you know, behind him. Yeah. Uh, and, and like Dot playing music and saying, these papers. They look like cute little spoons. It is music. You wouldn't understand it, dumb, simple-minded girl. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, Dot was, you know, they all take their little turns. Wacko didn't have a big part in this particular No, he one. just blew in the trumpet was his big... Oh, yes. But that's another that's one That's disgusting. He said that's... That's revolting. No, right? not revolting. That's oh. remolting. Really? Yes. Hey, where's this bean? In my ear. That's remolting. You really shouldn't be putting stuff like that in your ear. You'll go deaf. I am deaf. Too late. So uh, there are uh, there are some cultural references that you can see uh, in this particular cartoon. Uh, we have. Of course, Frank Sinatra and Elvis are throughout this building <laughs> that that uh, Beethoven has. I'm not exactly sure why. That's kind of just a neat little... Yeah, um, I don't think they're around in that time period. Though. I'm pretty sure that's not historically accurate. Yeah, I mean, but, I'll have to look it up. But, but you, can, you can even see, like, in one shot, uh, Beethoven has a portrait taken with Sinatra and... Elvis. Yeah, he's a huge fan of it. <laughs> People usually don't know this, but it it also says that uh, for the opening when it gives the time and place. Let's not forget that it also says that this is Vienna. It is the sausage capital of Europe. Mm-hmm. So how apropos? Uh, it's uh, 1811, which is a couple of years after uh, Beethoven actually wrote the Fifth Symphony. Oh, I well. Like, I guess he wrote in 1808. So you know, we got to forgive little things like that. Uh, you know, today it's it's much easier to Google for something. A writer, yeah, <laughs> to go. When did that happen exactly? I'm sure Paul Rugg's uh, encyclopedia at the time probably yeah. said that. I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, or the benefit of a dot. shadow of a dot shadow of a dot so of course the the animaniacs throughout this uh episode are humming uh as they uh clean the uh beethoven's chimney and Mm -hmm. they're humming uh the the symphony number five in c minor (laughs) 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 i I always thought that was kind of cool that just they they just kept doing it over and over again when beethoven finally does play it 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 doesn't come it doesn't come to him like you know as oh those kids did it yeah. it just goes right into him subconsciously mm-hmm. that he made it up himself and everything he's uh, a genius now did you hear the songs that he was trying to play i heard the animaniacs uh-huh well and the looney tunes song yes and, uh, the, and there's another one that he is playing quite often and messes up as oh, well the chopsticks right? chopsticks yep. mm-hmm. yes he so he's having so if the animaniacs didn't come through, he would have uh, he would have definitely invented chopsticks, which that is just as iconic as uh, yeah as his symphony, I believe. Right? I love I love chopsticks because it, it, seeing it in this episode reminds me of when um, Wacko hums it in the episode Ups and Downs. Uh huh. 
which we haven't watched yet. Yes. But it's one of my all-time favorites. And sometimes when I get in an elevator, I, I do chopsticks, too. <laughs> so you probably got it from Beethoven, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, one of, the, one of the biggest cultural references that happened in this particular cartoon was, uh, was Dot. Uh, mm. when she, when, you know, Yakko is telling Beethoven that he's, he's tense and he needs to relax. So Dot comes out to sing to him. She jumps on the piano in this dress and Dot is looking like, she's looking curvaceous. Yeah, she's <laughs> got this much. red dress on and, and she's singing to, to Beethoven in a sultry voice and everything. She's singing, uh, he's, you know, you're writing hooey or something like that instead of, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the, what's the original thing? Making, uh, making whoopee, making whoopee. Uh, yes. Uh, sung, I believe originally, uh, a bunch of people sang it. I think Eddie Cantor was the first one to, to sing it, who, uh, was most recently in, uh, Boardwalk Empire. He looks pretty good for being, uh, gosh, he must be over a hundred years old, but. He still looks like he's like twenty <laughs> something, but uh, yeah, he's he's in Boardwalk Empire, so he's pretty cool. But anyway, she jumps up on the table, and that was a reference to a movie I had never seen. Yeah, me a neither. movie that I was aware of, but still have never seen. It was the fabulous Baker Boys from nineteen eighty nine. Michelle Pfeiffer is up on. Uh, gets on the piano and sings to Jeff Bridges, who is playing piano. Um, now, uh, Kelly, have you ever seen the Fabulous Baker Boys? No. No. I think this is kind of a a bold move right here. Yeah. This is, this is something that was an R-rated film. <laughs> um, boy, we're having really cool rain sound effects right here. This is awesome. Yeah. Are you hearing this, Kelly? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. See, it's Yeah. Hey, it's a desert. It still rains. <laughs> proof, audio proof. <laughs> anyway, um, but this was a this was a bold move, I think, on the point of, of uh, Paul Rugg, the, the writer and the producers, really, of the show, to say, "Yeah, we're going to have Dot do this uh, send up to the fabulous Baker Boys because which no one will get. <laughs> well, the kids won't get it. Yeah, the kids will just think she's acting silly and she's singing a song that the kids would never get." Mm-hmm. But the adults in the room, the parents who might be watching the show with their kids, would say, oh, my gosh, that's just so cool. Yeah, let's that let our kids watch this some more. <laughs> hey, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. They, they'd say, hey, I like it so these kids can watch it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Apparent approval right there. See? It's smart. The Animaniacs. Kid-tested, mother-approved. <laughs> so, yes, uh, that, was a, that was a little weird to see uh, Dot like that. Uh, I think, but uh, it was still a cute little part. Uh, Tress McNeil did a very good job singing uh, in that yeah. thing. She had, you know, yeah, good stuff. And of course, it ends with uh, one more artistic reference right there of uh, them going off to go see that grumpy Van Gogh. Yeah. And let's go take him some sunflowers, uh, which is, of course, a reference to uh, his series of uh, still life paintings 
of sunflowers, which uh, Van Gogh was uh, famous for. So it ended on a cute little note. Yeah, I'd love to see that episode where he ends up cutting off his ear because the <laughs> Animaniacs annoy him so much. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do that. But really? No? No, I don't think they'll do pretty that. pretty funny. Well, maybe. <laughs> no. But overall, it was, it was a, again, a really cute. Any particular other moments or, or things like that that really stood out for you guys um, that you appreciated? Yeah, well... Oh, I, oh, oh you, you can go first, Kelly. I'll... Uh, uh, I liked it when Beethoven was talking to... Dot and you know she was saying the little line about the the little spoons on the the papers yeah and you know basically he told her she was a dumb girl and then she completely showed him up mm-hmm. and yes. played a tune and I I don't I don't recognize whatever tune she played but and then she's like it's just a little thing that I do yes exactly I was like you go you go that was awesome <laughs> yeah she was even like playing with her tail and everything like that uh, according to the the uh, reference notes right here from. Uh, the internets, it says that Dot is playing the third movement of Beethoven's own Moonlight Sonata, which was composed in 1801. So, according to timeline, it was something Beethoven should have been familiar with, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, like 10 years Or maybe ago. that was the notes that was on the, the, the thing. So yeah, she maybe he was just reading it right off the boom. So there you go. So I'm sure that I'm sure that the, uh, the orchestration, I'm sure that the composer of Animaniacs, whose name is totally escaping me i think this was probably an episode they they liked quite a bit because of course in the background as they're running around they are playing beethoven selections mm-hmm. uh usually the fourth or fifth symphony yeah kind of notes but i think they mixed in some other stuff as well so that's kind and of the good. great thing is they didn't have to pay any uh usage licenses on public, domain. These- public domain public <laughs> domain public <laughs> domain <laughs> I thought it was weird how uh, the last time they get mad at him for saying pianist, they say pianist. Yeah. You know, like, and you're a pianist. And then they start washing <laughs> his mouth and spray him with a fire hose. I'm like, he didn't even say it that time. Why you, you? We're not you, yous. For your inflammation, I'm a me, me. That's a he, he, and that's a she, she. And you're a pianist. They're just being mean to him right yeah, now. Yeah, like now it's just mean. <laughs> Although he did try to kill them by burning them alive. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, well, before we move on, let's talk about Beethoven himself because Beethoven was voiced by Kenneth Mars. Are either one of you familiar with Kenneth Mars? Nathan, no, are you? I don't, nope. Mm. You are Nathan, and you don't even know it. I, and Kelly, you probably are I as am well. Not familiar okay. with okay. it. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you, you, bo- you have both seen Young Frankenstein. Yes. Right? Uh, yes, but it's been a really long time. Okay, okay. Now, uh, Kelly, have you seen The Producers? Mel Brooks filmed The Producers. No. Okay, so. I the, have. Yes. I think I know who's in both of those. Okay, so uh, Kenneth Mars is in both of those movies, and he's in many, many other things as well. Um, but he is uh, Franz Liebken in The Producers, uh, mm-hmm. a former Nazi. He was who, played by Will Ferrell in the... In the remake. musical version, right? Mm-hmm. And in uh, Young Frankenstein, he is Inspector Klemp, I believe is his name. Uh, Inspector Klemp was the... The guy who has the wooden arm, yeah, who uh, you know can't he, he's he's 
It gets stuck a lot. Yeah, he's basically he 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 goes to uh, get all the the villagers of Transylvania to go after Frank Frank footsteps footsteps. Yeah, he's following his grandfather's footsteps, and uh, his hand keeps getting stuck in weird positions and everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I always thought he was hilarious as a kid. Yeah, um, in that movie, my dad just went, "No, that's not that funny." He's over the top. <laughs> I remember my dad saying that about Kenneth Morris' performance, and I was like. What are you talking about? But oh, I I just googled him and he's the, he's King Triton. He's King and Triton. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. Look, I see it on your screen too. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ariel. Ariel. <laughs> now I should have at least known that. Yeah, well, he's done a lot. So everyone's familiar with this guy. Yes, exactly, King Triton. There you go, everybody. No, but he actually did tons of. I mean, I just. We were talking about like Beethoven and Franz Liebkin and mm-hmm. uh, Inspector Klimp. You know, German accents and, and yeah. things like that were what he was kind of known for. In fact, in um, he was in um, one of the seasons of uh, Malcolm in the Middle. He played like oh yeah the German he, like one of the didn't the Big Brother go yeah to? he he works for him and he's actually like a nice boss but like an idiot yeah. So. So and he was in a, a bunch of he was Grandpa Longneck in a bunch of uh, Land Before Time movies, but uh, I did. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh well, at the beginning of the episode, he said something, and I, I can't remember what line it was, but it did sound tremendously familiar to me. And I was trying, I didn't, I was being lazy and didn't look up <laughs> who did the voice, and that's probably what I was hearing was a little bit of Triton in there because. Ah. I'm, such a disney fanatic so yes. i mean I, I get what you're saying about the german stuff but it's like i heard i think i heard King Triton. <laughs> ariel ariel <laughs> exactly that's, that's my that's my king triton impression uh, i just could say that's all i could say just say ariel ariel that's pretty much all ariel. <laughs> oh, that's great though yeah it's like <laughs> That's, I can only do impressions of King Triton saying Ariel and Punky Brewster's uh, dad saying Punky. Oh, Punk. I love Punky Brewster. Punky. Punky. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. And uh, Kenneth Mars did pass away in 2011. So he is no longer with us, but he's he has quite a bit of uh, work there on, uh, you know, that uh, has, many of us has, uh, have been a part of, you know, whether we know it or not. Uh, mm. So and he's done a lot of voiceover. So. Uh, Kenneth Mars, a very funny guy in movies and a very accomplished voice actor as well. So I think this is his only Animaniacs appearance, by the way. So there you go. So, um, well, let's move right on, I suppose, unless there's any other particular favorite moments, parts of segment one that you guys particularly liked. Nothing comes to mind. Kelly? No. I got to say that, by the way, the penis joke, the penis part right there, um, (laughs) I, I I put that up on the TV in my library, uh, and just was waiting for kids to like go storm out, yeah, <laughs> or like <laughs> laugh or or to go what or you know giggle or something. Went right over their heads, <laughs> right over their heads. I was like, okay, well, there we go. In fact, now I am remembering that other penis joke because I did show that to my class oh, you as well, that too. and I think it went right over their heads as well. So. Good. There you go. So penis jokes, they're safe for kids. So there you go. <laughs> uh, let's move right over to segment two. Okay, so segment two was entitled The Cat and the Fiddle. 
It was written by Nicholas Hollander, and it was directed by Alfred Jimeno. And Nathan, what could you tell us what basically goes on in this cartoon? So this is a Rita and Runt cartoon. Um, so it's very musical. I guess they have at least one song they sing in it. Um, Rita and Runt are in Italy, and they end up in a violin maker's house where he wants to uh, basically kill Rita and make uh, violins using catgut or using authentic cat gut. Yeah, he, he always says cat gut like that. It was very <laughs> weird how he said that. But anyway, go yeah. on. Um, so uh, he ends up uh, taking both of them in. He doesn't want runt, so he keeps throwing a ball and ends up uh, the ball keeps coming back to him and runt ends up destroying the whole violin. And so he kicks them both out. So that's, that's pretty much how it ends. And now we know why Stradivarius violins and instruments are so rare. Yeah, right? that's right. They were all destroyed by front. He had there was uh, so many in that room. They were. He had big collection. All dead or all dead. All dead. <laughs> <laughs> all gone. <laughs> Stradivarius is all dead, though. He is all. He dead. is all dead. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so guys, what did you think about this particular cartoon? Nathan, let's start with you. Um, it was okay. I thought the animation was a little weird, and um, but. And the song wasn't particularly fun. I don't know. But uh, it was fine. I learned about cat gut. I didn't know anything about that before. You, so I, you didn't know that cat gut was used like the, the guts of cats were well, used it's not, for violence. It's not strings? an actual cat gut. It's usually sheep or... I thought... I heard that that cat... I heard I that... The, I looked it up and they said they don't use cats. Really? Like ever. So... Huh. I thought they... Did, did you ever hear that before, Kelly? No. Oh, well... I then apparently Stradivarius was just an evil, evil person <laughs> for killing cats for no reason. No, killing. I think it was, you know, it's called cat gut, so they're making kind of a punny. Oh, okay. So, but oh. it's actually made of from sheep, or uh, on occasion they would even do like horses and donkeys, but not cats. Yeah. But yeah. it's like the intestines, right? And, so I learned that by oh. googling. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Google. So, yeah, well, again, I, I'm not going to fault the writers for this because this is in the 90s before Google. So how can you fault them? So, well, I, I think they knew I, they because they even say most people use for oh. their cat gut. They use uh, rams, but I use authentic cat gut. Oh, it's all in the strings. Most violin cat gut comes from sheep. But for my violin strings, I use 100 percent cat gut. So. I just, maybe it's just something I thought as a kid that that's actually what they use was cat intestines. Yeah, sheep and goat intestines. Oh, but. there we go. Oh, a feisty one. I like a cat with guts. So anyway, so Kelly, what did you think about this uh, particular cartoon? I thought it was kind of creepy. <laughs> I just, the, the Stradivarius looked creepy and talked creepy and the way he... He was so uh, manipulative and would try to send Runt Runt away so that he could, you know, basically kill Rita. (laughs) It just just seemed a little dark for a children's cartoon, honestly. Like, I I don't remember being bothered by it when I was a kid. And, and, I mean, I wasn't disturbed or anything. I just, I was like, this is just kind of dark and creepy yeah he he was a little serial killer-esque wasn't he yeah i mean yeah. he was kind of like with a big old butcher knife and then like uh, you know 
and and uh, kind of luring and not even like killing Rita immediately, but like here, play with this yarn while I sharpen these knives. Let me give you some fish to eat, and all. The, it was like this very kind of uh, yeah. He was a kind of creepy guy, wasn't he? Of course, I love how uh, Runt ate the fish. Because he loves fish. My, my. Mahi, mahi. <laughs> uh, uh, so he was, he was cool. Um, and the ball, that ball looked, is that like a, I, I, okay. The one it was like a sewing ball. Was it a sewing ball? I think so. It, I, I watched the episode like a dozen times. It felt like I, I watched this a dozen times and I couldn't figure out what the heck is with that ball. It's it, a tomato. It's just it, a regular tomato. It looked like, yeah, because there's a part where the, the ball hits a bunch of tomatoes and uh, tomatoes go everywhere, and Runt goes, <laughs> Runt says, Oh boy, balls, lots of balls. These are definitely balls. Um, the the Animaniacs do make a quick cameo in mm-hmm. this with uh, Ralph as a pizzeria. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was Ralph. I saw people like online, it says, It's Ralph as a. As a as a chef chasing it's, them, it's the shape of Ralph, but that's pretty much it. But like, like you said, the the animation on this was a little bit off, a little bit. Yeah. So seeing the see, I couldn't. I just thought it was like a guy chasing mm-hmm. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. So whatever. Um, Nathan, you said the song was kind of slow, and you didn't really like it that much. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, it, it didn't really stick my head. Even like I've seen it multiple times, uh-huh. and I still can't remember how it goes. Somewhere da, 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 over da, the da. rainbow. No, <laughs> I I actually like it, and I yeah. when I watched the episode, I remember the very beginning of it. Uh, I think she's sitting out by, by a fountain or a little, you know, like a piazza or something, mm-hmm. and it it struck me as just a really pretty, yeah, uh, picturesque scene, and and I liked. It just seemed like a lot of detail in the background. There was like um. A railing or a, a little wall. It looked like it was uh, of different colored stones, and and it that particular song seemed to have high production value. I, I agree. <laughs> I I do I do agree. I think this song actually could, um, with a little more tweaking, perhaps. Actually, I could see it in a real musical. Um, I could mm-hmm. totally see myself though as a kid tuning out because. Like after you see Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, you know, with Beethoven and pianist jokes, yeah, the 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 change to read and runt, and then this the the tempo could be like, oh, okay, this is boring. Like I don't want to listen to read and runt right or Rita sing. But now as an adult, I listen and I I really admire Bernadette Peters. Uh, you know, her voice is just beautiful in this. So, and I agree, it's the the whole like when she's putting her paw. I think in the water and splashing it, and uh, it's it's cool. It's just yeah. a neat little introspective song, and uh, even Runt sings at the very end, which is kind of cute. They sing a <laughs> yeah, duet. They duet. So yeah, I mean it was cute. Uh, one thing that I was again surprised to find was the voice of uh, of oh, what's his name now Stradivarius. Mm-hmm. He was uh, someone who sounded kind of familiar, and this was Hector Elizondo, um, who is a character actor who has been in 
many, many, many things over the years. Uh, if you've seen this guy, if you, you know, if you look at his picture online, you'll probably recognize him from a movie or TV show that you have seen. Um, just going over his IMDb known for, mm-hmm. uh, he was in, I guess, the Princess Diaries movies, um, playing Joe. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was, he's the security guard or the main. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it, you're obviously not a huge fan like me. But. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, let's talk about another movie I haven't seen yet, uh, Pretty Woman. I have not seen Oh, Pretty I Woman. love that movie. Well, do you remember the character Barney Thompson? <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. That's Hector Elizondo. Uh, he was also a, uh, he's also Dr. W- Philip Waters in Chicago Hope. He was in that, sh- on that show for many years. So, did a pretty good job on this one. It, it yeah. sounded creepy, and uh, I he, did. He really liked saying "cat gut." Cat gut. <laughs> um, I, I also really did like how Rita is totally immersed in this yarn, like hypnotic. She's just like out, you know, yeah, when it comes hanging to the stuff. in there. I'm a sucker for wool. So anyway, any other uh, last mo- last thoughts about these? Uh, Rita and Ron Cartoon. Yeah, uh, Lena, <laughs> Leaning Tower of Pizza. Oh, that's right. The Leaning Tower the, the leaning it's All tower because pizza. of Runt, basically. Or, yeah, or Stradivarius shooting the ball out of the cannon, yeah. right? It mm-hmm. made the tower lean. So, yeah, a little cute things. Again, I watched this episode a lot, and it's pretty simple and straightforward, but there was a lot of little things going on. Maybe it was just the plot that I was just kind of tuning in and out of. Mm. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, so... Maybe it's just because it wasn't, I don't know, Reed and Runt are, I always like them. They just don't really necessarily keep my full attention uh, the whole way through. So anyway, well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Oh boy. Why the heck not, right? Yeah, why not? So, uh, Nathan, what do you think? How many water towers would you give this particular episode out of five? Mm, I'll, I'm going to go for two and a half. Um, I, I really enjoyed the good idea, bad idea. The other segments were good. Like, I enjoyed that they were kind of educational, but I, overall, I was a little bored by them. So, I don't know. So Okay. And Kelly, what about you? I'll go with three. They were they were about average, uh, but nothing. I, I didn't dislike them, and uh, you know the Beethoven one was kind of fun and interesting. And so, uh, yeah, about three. Yeah, and I'll have to agree with uh, Kelly. Uh, I'm going to go with three. Uh, nice middle of the road uh, episode, Animaniacs. Uh, a good good average one, uh, and some good voice talent and stuff like that that was on this particular one, which is always nice to hear. Okay, so let's go ahead and. Go to our poll results from last week. And now, high in the sky, it's your hashtag AnimeniCast poll results. Listeners were asked, which of these is your favorite Animaniacs variant verse? 9% said Cockamamie. 15% said Citizen Kaney. 18% 18% said Shirley McLeany. I went on a date with her one time. Wow. And 58% said 
Pinky and the Brainy. Well, that was the results for this week. Let's head back to the studio right now with you. What's that? We're out of fuel. What? We're, we're out of fuel. We gotta land right now. Oh. Well, uh, we're gonna land right now safely, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be back next week. And back to the studio with your new pole. So, those were our poll results. It looks like Pinky and the Brainy won. Awesome. There we are. Interesting. So, um, Nathan, what do you think? What's your favorite of those variant verses? I voted for Pinky and the Brainy myself. Um, It's just because whenever that verse comes on, I'm like, ooh, Pinky and the Brain's going to be in this episode. Okay. And (laughs) Kelly, what do you think? I have to go with Shirley McClaney because that meant that it would be the episode for Wally Lama. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm as much as I love Pinky and the Brain, um, I'm going to say Citizen Caney because I just think that is such a an abstract <laughs> kind of reference. Uh, and again, Kelly, like you were talking about before, like with kids wanting to to look up Beethoven and things like that, to, like what the heck is going on with this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, with even mentioning Citizen Kane, it's like, who is Citizen Kane? And even if it just elicits, uh, today a quick Google search, oh, Citizen Kane was a movie from the 1930s. Oh, okay. Now I can move on. Now I know the ending. <laughs> <laughs> then that, that's cool. That, that's, you know, that was neat. So my vote for, goes for Citizen Kane. And might I add, I was following the poll results very quickly, even though, even though Pinky and the Brainy won. What did I say? <laughs> quickly. Quickly. <laughs> I was following them very quickly and closely. Okay. I looked at them very quickly. Now, I was following the poll results very closely, and Citizen Kaney was in the lead briefly. When you voted no, originally, I, I, and you're I, the I first even, person in. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even vote. <laughs> so, anyway. So, we don't do this often. Before we get to our poll, we have... Animaniacs news. Beep, 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 Is that the- Yeah, that's, their, that's our news. That's our news segment song. So, so Animaniacs news. Now, we, I, don't, I don't foresee us having much Animaniacs news on this show. Uh, it's more of a retrospective kind of thing. But it was just announced yesterday, as of the time of our recording, it was just announced yesterday that Funko Pop was going to be releasing... Uh, Animaniacs figures. They were going to have Yakko, Wacko, Dot, and Pinky and the Brain. Uh, and they look super cute. What, what do you guys think about oh, those figures? Yeah, I love it. Like, usually with these kind of uh, dolls, like, you can't really tell who it is. Like, Breaking Bad, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Or the Supernatural. They all look pretty much the same because they all look like people. But these, you can actually tell what each character is without reading the box. Yeah. Whatever they're like. Kelly, what do you, what do you think about these fun colors coming out? I need to own some. Yeah. I, I think they are amazing. I only think I only have one or two Funkos, actually. I'm not a big collector because if I did get into Funko collecting, I would never be able to stop because. Yes kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I, love- I, start, I started with Yoda and then I got I had to get Belle from Beauty and the Beast and, and I think they're coming out with a new Belle and there's an Indiana Jones that's like a Walt Disney World exclusive and oh. then I had to get Cookie Monster and then it, it's, a, it, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, I, I would definitely get Indiana Jones if I saw him as well. By the way, did you see the new Indiana Jones little cartoon thing? I have 
watched it yet, but I've I've seen it. Oh I've, I've seen it pop up on Facebook, so I need to make some time to watch it. Yeah, I did share out a link from that from uh, one of our fellow retro zappers, uh, Shaz Bazaar, sent out a, a tweet, and I saw it this morning. It is so cool. It's I, I retweeted it up on our Twitter feed as well. If people are interested, it's mm. very cool. But anyway. Not about Indiana Jones, about the Funkos. Let's go ahead and talk about these real quick. Just the official release here. It says, coming soon. These will be coming out in November. Uh, it says, P- uh, coming soon, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain Pops. Pinky and the Brain are trying to take over your collection. The laboratory mice and their diabolical plans are coming soon from Funko. Narf. And uh, then, of course, we have the Animaniacs. It says, hello, nurse. Animaniacs are also coming from soon from Funko. The Warner siblings, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, are sure to be a hit with any nostalgic 90s kid. Collect them this fall. So there we go. So coming both in November, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot... Like Nathan said, they really do kind of look like their characters. Uh, they have some really nice simplified uh, facial expressions. I don't think these are bobbleheads. Is that right, Kelly? You you have more yeah, experience with know. Funkos, right? I I don't think that they are. I think it's I, mean, a, I think it's the Star Wars ones are bobbleheads, but not the other stuff. I think it's what my friend was telling me with uh, it, Funkos. It, I think they're. I have. I'm trying to think because I have some Yoda Funkos, but I don't think they're bobbleheads. But I do oh. have some Yoda bobbleheads, so yeah. I, don't, oh, no. I don't know. I have to look at them. <laughs> That's just giving me an excuse just to look at your Yoda Funko bobbleheads again. So, yeah. anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we have a, a poll question. Taking this back to our poll mm-hmm. after that interlude, we're gonna <laughs> take it out to you guys. Uh, when it comes to future, because we can only assume, right? That these are going to sell fantastically. Yeah, like hotcakes. 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 Uh, and they're going to want to make more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to make want to make more of these Animaniacs Funkos. So we're going to ask you guys, what do you think they should create next? Uh, so your choices are, uh, they could do kind of sets right here. So the sets we figured were Scratch and Sniff, uh, Ralph the Guard, and Hello Nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Skippy and Slappy Squirrel, The Good Feathers, or Michelangelo and Spielberg, His Ooh, Eminence. His Eminence. <laughs> Which of those would you most want to see Funko create? And they oh, are- I know. I know. Oh, we know what you know. <laughs> you, you can vote like Kelly. Which we all know been, what that will be, but we'll find out next week. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but um, uh, make your voice heard. You can head on over to twitter.com slash animaniacast or search Twitter for hashtag animaniacast poll and uh, you'll be able to uh, make your voice heard. So yeah, and Funko is definitely listening to this, so we need to make sure they know what they should be selling. Exactly. So. Yes. Yeah. And hey, tell Funko. While you're at it, you might want to tweet at him. Say, hey, I heard about those great figures from uh, the Animaniacast. Uh, and right. I can't wait for them because we'd really love uh, for Funko to give us a free set so we can <laughs> That's right. give, so that we can give them out to you out there. Mm-hmm. And right. we can give uh, honest reviews and things like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. 
I'm sure. That, yeah, I I don't know if I'll, I'll like these unless I I'm able to see these in person. Right, yeah, Nathan. That's right. Right. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> uh, so go ahead and head over to to Twitter and make your voice heard. Well, let's go ahead and uh, go over a few uh, things as we wrap things up. First of all, let's go over contact information. Nathan, how can people get in contact with you? Well, I'm on Twitter. Um, I recently got a uh, gift to uh, Jane Goft. Um, it's a Boba Fett ceramic goblet, so I'm I'm now officially Boba Fett, but it's spelled uh, J-A-N-G-O-F-T. So <sighs> yes, yes. So he I they- spelled it wrong, but it's uh, Boba Fett at Twitter.com. J A N G O F T G A not Django F T no no it's Boba Fett <laughs> okay I'm Boba so Fett was taken so right. I had to spell it a little bit off <laughs> but it's uh, per- okay so it's spelled G A N G O F T yeah but, but it's, it's pronounced, pronounced Boba Fett Boba Fett <laughs> okay it's easy it's simple yeah. I don't know how I can make that yeah, easy in case anybody. you didn't see that. Nathan got this lovely uh, <laughs> ceramic Boba Fett mug from one of his friends, mm-hmm. and it says, Jane Goft, please kill the announcer. You're our only hope. So, Cheers. Yeah, so the, the Twitter poll, he uh, didn't get fired, so now I guess I just have to kill him? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like... Watch out, announcer. <laughs> like, uh, that'll we'll be an see. epic conclusion to our announcer <laughs> We'll do it on the final episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, Kelly, how can people get in contact with you if they'd like to say hi? I'm a Twitter Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com. Very, very cool. All right. So, and of course, you can get in contact with uh, us at the Animating, well, me, but I haven't said my, you know, Twitter thing in a while. Mm-hmm. Not that people ever care, but it's, care. it's <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Nathan. <laughs> no, it's uh, at Joey in Tucson is uh, on uh, Twitter there. And of course, you can get us on Facebook and on Twitter. And of course, at RetroZap.com, where you can find a whole archive of all of our previous episodes as and many, many other uh, fantastic episodes as well. Uh, in fact, you can even subscribe to the RetroZap feed and Almost every day, you'll get a brand new RetroZap podcast, including ours, on mm. Saturdays. So that's a that's a cool thing to do if you're interested. Well, I think with that, we are done. Oh, but next week, we have a very cool, we have a kind of a Russian thing going over that's here. That's right. So, oh my gosh, Nathan, go ahead and say <laughs> what oh, you want to say here. all this, so, okay. All right, okay, enough Stalin. I bet you're a Russian to check off next week's episode. So be it. Join us next week for episode 18, Pavlov's Mice, Chicken Boo Rishnikov, and Nothing But the Tooth. All right. Yeah. Plus, we'll have some really cool listener feedback from one of our listeners and his kids. Uh, who who gave us their review of our, up, our episode eighteen? And we're dropping stuff and, and throwing things, are things falling and- on the floor. So with that, everybody, we're going to close things down before the place falls on top of us. <laughs> uh, so for the Animaniacast, <laughs> this is Joey, and for Nathan and Kelly, good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. I am Ludwig von Beethoven, world-famous composer and pianist. You're a what? A pianist! Good night, everybody. <laughs>